together as we worship you, as we fellowship, as we praise, as we hear your word. Lord, I want to thank you that you are here. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. Good morning, church. I want to welcome you if it's your first time. And, uh, and even if it's not, I want to make sure you feel very welcome here as we meet together. And if you're online this morning, I hope you are enjoying our time of worship. And uh, I really pray this word uh, can speak to you as well. I firstly want to apologize for the state of me. I uh, have been trying to scrub my arms clean for the last four days. We had a, a major leak on the front building this week with the rain. So uh, we were up there trying to tar it, trying to get it all sealed. And it stuck to me. I don't know if it stuck to the roof. We yet to have any rain. So we shall see. So I do apologize. I was going to wear a long to see t-shirt, but I thought, no, I'll just apologize and move on. Um, this morning's word is, is it's a title that may bring all sorts of different thoughts to your mind. We had Sam and Megan over last weekend, and we were eating. I was talking to them about what um, God had put on my heart, and it's a very simple word, um, and it's, we're all in this together. Now, some of you, if you're aged possibly 25 to 30-ish, if you've got children who have been or that age, will appreciate that there was a film, uh, a musical film, a Disney musical film, and it was all in this together. No? Oh. The band said to me, the band said, you've got to sing it. We wanted to put an audio clip up, but there's too many copyright issues. So I thought I'd sing it. But um, there's no dancing involved. So we're all in this together. Let's say it. We're all in this together. And this morning, I really pray that you will feel valued in who you are. You'll feel valued in who God sees you and who you are in the church. This morning, like I say, it's a simple word. We're all in this together. But it's been speaking to me for weeks and weeks and weeks. At uni, we've been doing the New Testament. And I've been reading the letters of, uh, from Paul to the different churches and the different leaders. And he continually says, send my greetings, send my love, Pray for these people. Make them know that I'm thinking of them. And I initially thought it's kind of a bit, possibly a bit arrogant that he knows all these people. But actually the reality is he is sending them the support they need. He's valuing them in the church and making sure that they know that we're all in this together. The importance of unity and the importance of people. And uh, I'm going to talk a bit about our small group um, and for me, all in this together is vital in the week. It's vital in the week. We have a small group who meet on a Wednesday at our house. And it's so uh, refreshing to have people come together and read the word, study, pray, fellowship, drink copious amounts of uh, coffee and eat us out of house and home. But it's great to be together and have that time. And... The same as midweek worship on a Tuesday night. It's just great to come together and realize that we are the body of Christ. Joseph preached a couple of weeks ago. He said um, that this gift is free, but it doesn't come, didn't come cheap. And that has just been resounding in my head as I've been preparing for this. So this morning, we're going to read from uh, 1 Corinthians, just to give you a bit of background about this passage. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth and the, the church has kind of hit a bit of a rock and 
people are seeing themselves more important than other people. We've got people who've got giftings of teaching, of uh, prophecy, of healing, and they're kind of making themselves superior in the church to other people. And therefore, people who maybe don't have them gifts aren't seeing themselves as important, so are coming away from the church. And what Paul's doing is he's writing to the, to the, to the church in general, but I think mainly he was trying to kick certain people up the bum to say, listen, you are together as a church. There is no importance. When we think about the God that we're serving, we have got very little significance of what he is able to do. So we're going to read from 1 Corinthians 12, um, from verses 12 to 26. It says here, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts from one body, so is it with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit. So as to form one body whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is made up from... Uh, sorry, the body is not made up from one part, but of many. We, we could actually just stop there, because it's, if, if, you're, if you're familiar with the New Testament, Paul possibly says those same words to every church he writes to. This, this idea that that God maybe favoured certain people. That maybe because in, when we think of the early church in Jerusalem, there was Jews that had acknowledged who God was and uh, who Christ was and had accepted Christ and become followers of Jesus, but then had realised that actually he was the same God for the Gentiles. And that was a big struggle for the Jews. So already breaking down these divisions that church possibly too often puts up or people too often put up. Carry reading from verse 15. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to your body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If your foot ever says anything, please come and tell me. (laughs) You could be into a lot of money, or people might just think you're weird and run away. Um, And if the ear should uh, say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body was an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body for one... Sorry, this is the most important bit, so I must get this bit right. Verse 18, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If there were all one part, there would be, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker or, in, or sorry, are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And, unpre- and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that, lacking, that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, and that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are part of, the, part of the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. Sorry, reading was never my strong point at school. We 
I love the way that Paul uses something so simple as the body. When we think about them re- uh, reading this or hearing this 2,000 years ago, their understanding of the body was literally hands and feet. They didn't have the technology, the science that we have now to understand ligaments and cells and how one part is so reliant. But I love how the complexity of God can be put into the simplicity for man. He can use something that we literally have every day, something that we see every day, to explain the vastness and the greatness of who he is. We are a body of Christ. We have got so many talents and so many gifts. Maybe some people are there to help, like our feet, help us move. Maybe some people are there as our backbone, our support. And maybe those are our hands, something who can actually physically do something. But we are all in this together. Say it again to your neighbour, we are all in this together. If You could sing it if you liked. No, okay. Um, if, if anyone had COVID and lost their sense of taste, they'll appreciate this. I, um, when we had it and we lost our sense of taste and smell, uh, for a couple of weeks, and it is the strangest thing to eat something and not remember what it should taste like. To, to open a jar of something and think, I don't know if I can smell that, or if that's what it does smell like, or what should it smell like, because you've literally forgotten what it, what it was. The whole purpose is gone. Verse 18, I just want to repeat it again. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. This last week, we went to the O2 in London to watch our eldest son, Henry, sing as part of the Young Voices Choir. And uh, we arrived at the O2, and if anyone's been to the O2, it is huge, absolutely massive. You st- we, were, we were in the cheap seats, so we were right up the top. And you look down, it's like watching an ant nest, everyone just moving about. And there's 6,500 students, children, primary school children, singing in this choir. It was absolutely incredible. And we picked, up, picked Henry up off the bus and he got back and he said, oh, Dad, did you, did you enjoy it? I said, yeah, I videoed you and chat, chat, chat. I said, I could hear you singing. He said, could you? I said, yeah, yeah, I could hear you. He said, oh, it was good, wasn't it? I said, yeah. He said, could you really hear me singing? I'm like, oh. I said, well, if you hadn't have been singing, I wouldn't have heard you. And at that point, in, again, in my, you know, as a father trying to big your children up, I was thinking, actually, it's the same with us. There are thousands of people across this planet who believe in Christ. There are hundreds of people in this city who believe in Christ, who are the church. But if one of them chooses not to play their part, the church can still be heard, but not that person. God has called you into this family, into this body, for him, for a purpose. In Acts, it talks about... um, Acts 17, it says about that God has ordained this place for us to be, for this time. We are a body, a mixture of, of people who have got supernatural presence in us. The Spirit is in us, it dwells within us, it works through us. But if we don't play our part, if we don't acknowledge that we are all in this together, that one voice isn't heard. They're there, but they're not heard. We, um, I'm so grateful that church isn't somewhere that just replicates people. 
You know, if you came to church thinking, I want to be, I, want, I don't know, I want to be Giles. I want to be Gladys at the back there. I want to be uh, any one of the three Sams on the stage. It's the names I have in the band. Um, I want to be like them. So you come to church and you think, I'm going to come here, I'm going to, I'm going to watch, I'm going to learn, I'm going to be that person. The truth is you will never be that person. If you've come to church thinking you want to be someone else, there are similarities with us all, but there are certain things that God has given to you and you alone. You have got a purpose in this body. You've got value in this body. We're all in this together. Matthew 18 says, verse 20 says, For where two or three gather in my name, there I am in the midst. There I am with them. Now, the part I want to focus on is in my name. It's all very well, and I'm too often guilty of it, of meeting with people and calling it sort of, you know, I'm doing my bit, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being fed. But the reality is, when you come together in the presence of God, like we were this morning, there is something different than just meeting together. When we come together and acknowledge who we're here for, who we're serving, this almighty God that we are called to, to, to walk with, to serve, there is a difference in our meeting. But it's fascinating that we can't do it alone. We have probably never been so connected as, as humanity with technology, with video calling, with you know, um, social media. We could never be more connected, but the reality is some people have never felt so isolated. This fellowship, this gathering is so important, and I really want to encourage you, and I'm I'm not saying to those who are watching online that you know, they're not in the presence because that's not what I'm saying. But there is something about coming together, fellowship, that is honouring, that is glorifying, that is edifying to us, but also to God. I said to you, I'd talk about my small group. of Our small group, sorry. Coming together... In our, as, as a group, has been so important to me in my walk with Christ. They might not think it, but they are so important to me. I love them dearly. And to have time together, to have time as a band on a Thursday when we practice, yes, things go wrong, sometimes on a Sunday, sometimes, well, often on a Thursday. But that time together, worshipping together, is, is just something else. I've... Um, this might be hard to believe, but I've actually been going to the gym recently. I know this, this body takes time, not much time, but <laughs> I can hear him laughing from here. But Matt's been going mainly to feel sorry for me and laugh at me. But um, things like going to the gym, things like being together, we spend more time talking about life in, and our relationship with God than we do actually doing anything, as you can tell. But... There is something about that. There is something about fellowship with a, another believer, wherever we're at, talking about what we're struggling with, talking about how God's leading us, how God's talking to us. And if you've ever been to the Hive Gym while we've been there, you'll see Matt at the end of our workout. He's, he kills me every single time. He's like, right, pull-ups. And there's something about 
a, a slightly very overweight man, trying to do a pull-up, and this, <laughs> this guy behind him lifting him up, just to make me feel better. It's like, yeah, one, two, I'm like, three, oh. But you know, it's so the same in our faith. It's so the same in our relationship with God. It's a struggle on your own. It is a struggle. I won't tell you, but I also have a resistance band underneath me because I need the extra support. But he's, but he's there and he's lifting me. And it's so, so key in our, in our relationship with God that we have people around us who are there to help us, to lift us, to encourage us, to applaud us when we've done five and he doesn't have to lift me up anymore. We... Um, I was reminded again this week of how in creation, when God um, is creating all things, he creates Adam, and he realized that actually Adam needs someone. This, this idea of loneliness is Adam. He was, what, this is what I couldn't fathom, is he already had God. But there's something that God knew that Adam needed, someone like him. So he created Eve. This importance of relationship, of um, fellowship, was in Eden too. My last verse today is um, Proverbs 27, 17. And it's one of Joe Lampsch's favourite verses. I don't know if he still has it on his motorcycle. He does, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> on his number plate, highly legal, obviously. Um, but he has Proverbs 27, 17 at the bottom. And it says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I saw a, a, a picture this week. I just want to share it with you. Don't worry, it's not going to get physical. But the image was of an axe. But actually, the reality is it's not sharp at all. And the reason it's not sharp is because it's been in constant contact with wood. And as it's been constant contact with wood, it's become blunt. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. If iron sharpens iron, what doesn't sharpen iron? Wood. In our relationship, we are this iron. The sad thing is, actually, when it is in contact constantly with wood, both become damaged. Because this becomes blunt, and that becomes dented. We need to make sure that we are in constant fellowship with other people. Quay, please don't trip over that when you come up. It's not worth the paperwork. But that, that constant reminder of iron on wood becomes dull and ineffective. The importance is that that iron needs to be sharpened with a, with another, with a file like we do as Christians. We need to spend time with one another. We need to tell each other that we're becoming dull, that we're not sharp enough anymore. And we need to accept the fact that we're not and that we can speak hope and love and joy and encouragement into each other in our walk with God. I'd like to uh, invite the band up if possible. As I was preparing for this, I was speaking with Giles, and the last few weeks at church, if you've missed them, or maybe you haven't missed them, but you can't remember them, I'd really encourage you to listen back. 
to Joseph's word and to Ros and Giles' word last week. This time in the spirit, this acceptance of what God's done for us, that we, we grow in it. And I don't know where you're at this morning. We're going to sing a relatively new song. It's not new, but it's new to us. And it's called Make Room. We've done it on a Tuesday night worship. And I want to spend some time in prayer. I want to use this time, this song, for prayer. And the lyrics say, um, where I lay it down, every burden, every crown. So often in our, in our relationship with God, we're so eager to put down our issues or give our problems over to God. But this song says every crown. Like the church in Corinth who had taken their giftings from God to, to promote themselves, to lift themselves higher than other people. God's given you something. Use it for his glory. Lay it down. Give it to him. Surrender to him. You might be here this morning thinking, this is all new to me. I want you to have the boldness to acknowledge that this God that we're talking about loves you, values you, that we as a church love you and value you. You might be feeling alone, you might be feeling isolated. We're all in this together. Don't, please don't go week by week, day by day, day by day, feeling alone, feeling isolated. You may have become too independent. You might have thought, I don't need church actually because me and God are like this. Good. Come be a part of my life and rub off on me a bit because we cannot do this alone. I'd like to ask the pastoral team and the prayer team if they'd come up. And we're going to spend this last song and I want to pray that you have the confidence to, to, to come forward and we don't need to ask any questions but what I want to do is allow time for the Spirit to minister to people if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour please come forward we'd love to pray with you if you want a refreshing from God please come forward we want to pray with you maybe you've got to that point where you've acknowledged that actually you've filled up your life with yourself come forward the song says make room make room in your life for God and this this time and this this um, uh, image of coming forward I want it to be seen as a partnering an acknowledgement that we are in this together you're not alone that you haven't got to do it on your own strength but we're in it together